0: Hello and welcome to Suspense from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Suspense! <laughs> Autolite and its 96,000 dealers present Mr. Burt Lancaster in the long Wait. A suspense play produced and edited by William Spears. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. The
0: horse knows
1: the way to carry the
0: sleigh. Hey, that's not the way hurrah for Thanksgiving Day goes. What do you mean? Why, I wrote it. No matter. The 1950 version is different. Listen, over the river and through the woods, the snow is soft and white. Grandpa is happy with his jalopy. His spark plugs are Autolite. Over the river and through the woods blow high, ye winds blow low. The car's as snappy as Grandma and Pappy. Because auto light resistor spark plugs get it going faster in cold temperatures. Give smooth, even spark all along the line of fire. Let your engine idle smoother, run better on leaner gas mixtures. Save gas. Wait a
1: minute. These last lines
0: don't rhyme. Why, sure they do. Your car and auto light resistor spark plugs are always in rhyme. In fact, you're always right with auto light. And now, with the long wait and with the performance of Burt Lancaster, AutoLite hopes
1: once again to keep you in... Suspense!
2: When I stepped off the train at Grand Central, I spotted Len Bush waiting for me. All the heat of my body sucked into my head. I knew that feeling. I felt that way every time I wanted to kill a man. He waved to me turned my back and I started up the ramp for the upper level in the street. He caught up to me and he kept pace with his long shuffling loaf.
3: Don't get me wrong, Dan. I don't want to hound you.
2: Then why begin, Lieutenant?
3: Something you said to the warden before you left.
2: You want to repeat on it? I told him I'd be back for the limit.
3: In this town, we don't even like guys to steal apples off push carts. So when it comes to murder... You can't
2: touch me. I served my full time. I'm clean. We just got to sit back and wait for it to happen.
3: Your brother died two years ago. Oh, everybody's cooled off. Why don't you let it
2: lay? I don't cool so easy.
3: If Richie could come back, he'd say forget it.
2: Don't tell me what my brother would say.
3: All right, all right, I won't. I don't know why I butt into other people's affairs anyway. It's not my job to worry about things before they happen.
2: You'll be the first to know, Lieutenant.
3: You're a jerk if you put your neck in a noose to rub out a dame like Lois Williams. So long, Dan.
2: I waited until he was swallowed in the crowd. I went across and down park until I made the Coronet Hotel on 40th Street. Danville?
3: Oh, yes. Mr. Thompson reserved a room for you. 4.23.
2: The elevator was an old cage that pulled itself upward, like an old man with asthma climbing stairs. I caught the reflection of my face in the panel mirror of the cage. Three years' housekeeping with the state had left a mark. A little paler, maybe. Serene was the word for me. That's the way the reporter put it. The serene countenance of an alabaster saint, showing no trace of the killer rampant under the shell. Only I hadn't killed anyone yet. I got out of the elevator and I found 423. Inside, I made for the bathroom. I felt under the washstand. The gun was there. Shorty Thompson had a tape neatly in place, just like he'd promised. I pried it loose. I heard someone at the door. I yanked it open. Lois Williams came in. Not exactly came in. She sort of slid in along the wall and hung there like a busted balloon. The little rat was as beautiful as ever. The scared look in her eyes made them brighter greener. She was wearing one of those curved gowns that she used to design for herself and was pointed up neat and tidy. She stared at the gun in my hand in a kind of a, a, kind of a glad, hungry way.
4: Or I'd save you the trouble of coming for me. I'd
2: have found you. But thanks anyway.
4: What are you waiting for? I don't know. Go ahead. Kill me. Don't hurry me. Go ahead. You want me dead and I don't want to live. You want to die? That's why you came to me. Just one thing, Dan, about Richie. I didn't think he'd kill him.
2: You figured he'd enjoy looking at his wife and kids through bars for the next ten years, huh?
4: I've lost every friend I had because of that. Nobody will speak to me. Have anything to do with me. I can't get a job either. No club will hire me. They're all afraid of me. Well, what do you
2: expect? They all knew how I felt about my brother. By the way, how is Tim Grady? I'm going to look him up, too. That's a
4: kick. I ratted on Richie to save Tim, and then he shook me loose.
2: He didn't want anything to do with a squealer, he said. And you still love that dirty... It took him to make you miserable enough to want to die, huh? All right, so
4: now you know. No job, no friend, no Tim. I got nothing to live for. My brother had everything to
2: live for, and you... He killed himself.
4: That save the postmortem till after you do the job.
2: This was the day who caused my brother's death. But she wasn't scared. She was begging for it. Something was wrong. She came closer to me. She looked up at me with that... that haunted thing all over her. Desire for an end of life. I thought of her suddenly dead, still looking like that. I couldn't do it. It wasn't right. I put my gun back in my pocket. She saw me do it.
4: Even when I tried to get myself killed, I fumbled. I'll take care of it myself. Hey, watch it, you crazy little... Come in.
2: I'm allergic to people jumping out of windows, especially out of a room registered in my name.
4: Come in. Why? Why? did not stop me?
2: Why? You always were a high-strung game. Now, go on, go home. Go home and sleep it off like it was a jag.
4: I don't have a home.
2: You really don't, huh?
4: I've got nothing. I told you I've got nothing. No. No, it's no fun this way.
2: Oh, well. Wait a minute. I'll take you to a room in the hotel. Here. Here, have a drink. You'll feel better. Thanks. Lois. Lois, I'd like to help you.
4: You help me? Why?
2: To tell you the truth, I don't know. But I know what Richie meant to me. I was with him when he died. I... I heard the way he called your name.
4: Oh, Dan, listen to me. Before I... you became
2: a singer, you were, uh, you were a dress designer.
4: Oh, what does that prove?
2: Well, it proves your troubles are over if you want them to be.
4: The only way my troubles will be over is for you to use a gun.
2: There's a way that doesn't hurt so much. The nerve doc says there's nothing like starting your own business or cracking a safe to get your mind off trouble.
4: What do you know about psychiatrists?
2: Nothing. But I know plenty about cracking safes. And I understand business is almost the same thing. Go into business.
4: I haven't got a dime.
2: I'll supply the coin. We'll be partners. Yeah? And what? The dress business.
4: Dress (laughs) business? The boys would laugh you out of town.
2: Nobody laughs at Dan Barrow. Well, come on. What do you say? Partners?
4: I... I haven't designed a dress for years.
2: Oh, it'll come back to you? Once you're in business, you're sure to make a lot of new friends. Get a new slant on life. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll talk to the old gang after giving you a break again. If things are going smooth, you'll be happy again. You think so? I looked at her a minute. Then I put across the clincher, Lois. I'll bet even Tim Grady comes back. I was always baffled by the effect a guy could have on a dame. I watched Hope push some of the unhappiness off her face. Mentioned the guy and the dame's heart changes places with her brain. She hesitated a second.
4: I'll give it a try.
2: Good. Now, do you think you can make it past bridges and open manholes, or do you need protection?
4: I'm all right now. After all, we're partners.
2: I raised 20 grand and Lois went all out spending. She threw herself into the job with all she had. and She had plenty. She was going to open on Madison Avenue. I spent a lot of time with Lois, talking dress shop. She took me to spots to, well, you know, to check style. The dog show, the art galleries, the opera. She was beginning to show signs of wanting to live again. A month after we became partners, she told me.
4: We can open tomorrow, Dan, except that, well, I... Let's have it, Lois. The money's all run out. And, and, Dan, we have to advertise and get a sale for food. what What'll it take? Five thousand. Oh, three thousand. I'll, I'll get it. Oh, Dan.
2: She kissed me. And I fought down the chill it sent along my spine. I said, I want you to be happy, Lois. I went over to the Emerald Club on 60th to raise the money. I'd stayed away from the old spot till now. Lou Henry, you own the place. Glad handed me when I walked in. Hey, Dan Farrell, Where you been, boy? Oh, round and about. Yeah, you're awful early, Dan.
1: Tables don't open till ten.
2: I need five grand, Lou.
1: Five grand? Without even a hello
3: to soften me up?
2: I need it, Lou. I figured you'd let me have it. For
3: past favors. Oh, sure, Dan.
2: Don't mean no more to me than my right arm. Thanks. Be seeing you. Say,
3: Hey, Dan. <laughs> uh... What are your brothers is out there at the bar? Shorty Thompson.
2: Oh, thanks again. I'd like to see Shorty.
3: Another one, bartender. Hello, Shorty. Oh, you, huh? Hey, you're in business, Dan. Something real imaginative,
2: huh? Yeah, legitimate, too. Ladies gowns. Ain't that a riot? (laughs) Shorty was drunk. I don't like to talk to (laughs) drunks. I was going to leave when I saw who the guy was on the other side of, the sh- of Shorty. It was Lieutenant Len Bush. Shorty turned his back on me and spoke to him. This guy is Richie Varell's brother as though you didn't know.
3: A few years ago, the joke was on you, Lieutenant. You put Dan away for sticking up a jewelry store. You didn't really believe Dan Verrall had pulled anything as crude as that. It was Richie who'd done it. But Big Brother here took the rap. Shut up, Shorty. Used to be sort of a gag with the boys. If Richie got shot, Danny Boy would do the bleeding for him. (laughs) Everybody knew that Richie was one in a million. Everybody knew that Danny Boy would die for the kid. Yeah, I'm going to let you in on the secret, Bush. Danny Boy's partner is the dame who killed Richie Varro. You're drunk, Shorty. Get away from me, you
5: rat.
2: I turned back to the bar and I kept my temper in my pocket. If Shorty kept talking like that, it wouldn't be healthy for him and I didn't want to do anything to him. He was Richie's best friend. Two more of Richie's friends walked in while I was downing my drink. Gus Manning and Tommy Algo. I put my glass down and I started to leave. Just a minute, then. What's on your mind? The
1: way I get the news, you and Lois have teamed up. Yeah? That's all I want to know, you fake. Hey,
2: right, hold
3: it, Gus, hold it. Maybe Dan's got it scrambled. Lieutenant, Lois Williams is a dame who pinned the rap on Richie, ain't she? Any newspaper morgue will give you the answer.
2: Look, on. I know she testified against him. And you know
3: she lied about your brother to save Tim Grady. I know. Well...
2: All right. Lieutenant, the boys and I want to have a little talk. Okay, Dan, it's your funeral. We all watched Len put on his hat and walk out. I put my back up against the bar so none of them could get behind me. Well, what are we waiting
5: for? Hey, cut it out, you guys, cut it out.
2: Dan, you okay? Yeah. What happened? Boys don't like me just now. They want to keep me from making a girl happy. Yeah, yeah, the girl <laughs> responsible for your brother's death. Yeah, that's right.
1: Autolight is bringing you Mr. Burt Lancaster in The Long Wait Tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of
0: thrills, Suspense. Now it's time for my Thanksgiving fairy tale. Last night, my car called me out to the garage. Harlow,
5: I don't feel good. I think you ought to do something about it.
0: Well, open your hood and say, ah. Ah. Ooh, your spark plugs need replacing. I'll buy you a new set of Autolite resistor spark plugs with the exclusive Autolite 10,000-ohm built-in resistor.
5: Gosh, Harlow, would you? That's better than turkey on Thanksgiving.
0: Just think how I'll run. Yes, you'll start faster in cold temperatures with Autolite resistor spark plugs. Give smoother idling and better performance on leaner gas mixtures, which means you'll even save me gas. And the neighbors will be thankful because they know auto light resistor spark plugs reduce spark plug interference with radio and television reception. I know
1: all that, so why wait?
0: Well, I hustled up a set of autolight resistor spark plugs, and those eyes, I mean those autolight bullseye headlights, lit up with joy. You're a good boss, Harlow. Now, the moral is, if you want your car to thank you for helping it run better... See your Autolite spark plug dealer and have him replace old worn-out narrow-gap spark plugs with a set of the sensational new wide-gap Autolite resistor spark plugs. Remember, you're always right with Autolite.
1: And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood sound stage our star Burt Lancaster with Betty Lou Gerson in The Long Wait, a tale well-calculated to keep you in Suspense.
2: I sent the five grand to Lois so that she could open the doors while I went after business. And I knew where to get it. Nobody spends dough on a dame like a hood when he's loaded. On Thursday, the Third National Bank was held up. Friday morning, I... I knocked on a door on 8th Avenue. Who is it? Me, Dan Varel. Uh, Busy now, Dan. Some other... Hello, Hello, Tony. Oh, hello, Glenda.
1: Hello.
2: What do you want, Dan? You knocked over the Third National. What is this, a hijack? no. Your dame looks like she needs a lot of clothes.
4: After last night, I figure I'm getting plenty of time.
2: What are you two talking about? I'm in the dress business, Tony. Tell the other boys, too. I want all the dames buying their clothes from Lois Williams. <laughs> sure. What do I care where they buy them? The next day, I ran into Numbers Johnson. He ran the policy racket on the east side.
0: I don't have a dame, Dan. You know that.
2: Yeah, I know. It's about time you gave your wife a break.
0: If I buy her clothes now, she'll expect me to every time I hit. That's
2: the idea. Do you see it my way, or do no, I? I'll figure it. You, in the dress business. Well, if I keep happy in the dress business, I'll stay out of the numbers business. Which way do you want to play? Uh, the doll will get some new duds. Once the ball started rolling, it became a mount. Lois knew all the angles on female frills. The clientele was strictly 10th Avenue, but she turned them out on a Long Island, and they loved it. One dame tells another, and in no time at all, the shop is jammed with customers. It was a crime the way the dame spent the dough the hoods go to to make so much trouble to collect. Lois glowed like a firefly. She was a complete businesswoman. She loved being surrounded with dolls who bounced in and out with business of the shop. Business that must have madame's attention. I asked her during a lull. You happy, Lois?
4: Yes, Dad. Almost completely. I do miss the old gang, though. I'll come in. Pardon me, Miss Williams. There's a Mrs. Verrill outside. Oh, she, she wants to see Mr. Barrow. Mrs. Be-
2: oh. Richie's wife, June. She was supposed to be in the mountains with the kid. That's why I sent her money. I didn't want her to know about this. She was waiting for me on the street. She had a roll of bills in her hand and she threw it at my feet. The roll bounced against the storefront. I saw the rubber band snap off it and the bills unwrap like a... Like a sigh of relief.
4: You think I'd take your money now?
2: Now? Well, what do you mean?
4: You and Lois.
2: Okay, so it's tainted money. But you got a kid. You need it.
4: You thought a lot of Richie, didn't you?
2: As much as you did.
4: Oh, no. Much more. When Richie had pneumonia, I remember how hard you took it. During the crisis, you wouldn't eat or drink or talk. I remember thinking if Richie dies, Dan will die, too.
2: Take the money for the kid.
4: You loved Richie. And now you're sponsoring that woman with his blood.
2: Uh, June, wait. Wait. Kill Nobody was going to keep me from doing what I wanted. Not Len Bush following me around, or Shorty Thompson hating my guts, or Richie's wife itching to kill me. I'd given Lois back an urge to live. I swore I was going to make her happy, and I was on first base. She had a going business. Lois's old gang hung out in the village, the Bolo Richie, Lois, and Tim Grady used to paddle around with the musicians who played the spot. They used to wait until closing time, and then huddle with the jive artists until morning. When Lois and Tim double-crossed Richie, the, the other kids cut Lois out of their hair, and Tim Grady left town. That night, I went down to the bowler room to get Lois's friends back for her. I walked in just as the last paying customers left. The kids were getting set for a jam session when they spotted me. The place became full of hush. They glared at me, hating me, but not daring to open their mouths. I picked a menu up off a table and I laid it on the bar. I pulled a pencil out of my pocket. I said, I'm giving a party for Lois Williams. You're all invited. Saturday night, gold room, carnet hotel. Whitey Jones? Yeah? I'm putting you down, plus your dame and three guests.
3: I suppose I can't make it.
2: <laughs> and throw away your piano. You'll never play it with broken hands. Phil Blast? You, your dame, and three friends, and your horn. Well?
3: Okay, yeah, sure, Danny,
2: sure. Jerry Barton, Mel What? Joe Ward, Mm -hmm. Les Seltzer, your dames and three friends. Okay. Okay. And make sure that Lois knows that you're all tickled to death to see her. I'll be checking you off as you come in. I'll be seeing you Saturday night. It's Friday, the day before the party. Hello.
1: Hello, Dan. Yeah. This is Lou Henry down at the Emerald Club.
2: Yeah.
1: Look, I don't want you to think I'm butting into your affairs, Dan, but well, knowing how you feel about Lois.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, June, your brother's wife's been down here talking to Shorty Thompson. So what? She talked Shorty into rubbing out Lois. What? He's on his way now. Remember who told you, Dan?
2: I dialed my buddy, caught on the fly. If Shorty touched Lois now, being a buddy of Richie's wouldn't help him. The same one for June. addresses. Give me Miss Williams.
4: I'll connect you with her office.
2: Come on, snap it up, snap it up.
4: I'm ringing, sir.
2: Come on, Lois, answer, come on.
4: Miss Williams' office. Put Lois on. She's not in. Who's calling
2: It's me, Dan Varro. Where'd she go?
4: To Varro? You just called, Mr. Varro. What do you
2: mean, I just called? Well,
4: someone called, said it was you, and spoke to Miss Williams. I wonder why they do that. Well, never
2: mind that. What did, she, what did he say?
4: Miss Williams always goes to the Museum of Art at this time of day to copy designs. She made an appointment to meet you. I, I mean, the man who called at the museum. She just left.
2: I didn't wait for the elevator. I took the stairs three to time going down. I came out on the street. The cab was idling on the other side of the avenue. I cut through the traffic to get to it. I hopped into the cab, and for five bucks, the hacky crashed lights all the way. I was at the museum in nothing flat. The length of the building was quiet as a wall. I cursed myself for not asking what room Lois would be in.
1: Here, here. You can't run here. Uh, did
2: you see a girl with, a, with drawing papers and crayons? Tall, beautiful, well-stacked? I see hundreds of them. Well, where would she go to, to draw designs? Well, the
1: armor room, maybe. The Egyptian room or the famous paintings.
2: Second floor. I had visions of a dead in some corner. I thought of her all twisted in the heat. I hit the Egyptian room in a run and I stopped short. Lois was standing at the other end. She was behind a mummy case. And on The other side of it was Shorty. He had a knife in his hand. They didn't see me. I sneaked up on them and I watched Lois fighting to move her lips
4: it Please, Shorty. Los, run. Run to me. Dad. Dad! Right,
2: here it is. I hate to do this, Shorty. Oh, <laughs> came Dad. this way, Lieutenant. Daddy tried
5: to kill me. have
2: to, to keep up with you, Dan.
3: Still with me, eh, Lieutenant? I always keep an eye on my friends. <laughs> Who's this laying here? Oh, Shorty Thompson.
2: You better take him in. He tried to kill Miss Williams.
3: Yeah? I guess it better.
2: Come on, Los. Oh, by the way, Bush. Huh? You better pick up June Verrill too. She was in on it. In case you don't know who she is, she's my sister-in-law. With June and Shorty out of the way for a while, nothing was going to upset things now. The party Saturday night in the gold room was a big success. Every time somebody tried to make a break for home, I I beat them to the exit and insisted they stay. The place was full of smiles and how to do, and only Lois didn't know they were phony. She was a dream in a green, backless evening gown held up by a deep breath and an anxious look. She bubbled around, greeting people.
4: Thanks. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Lois. Dan, where have you been hiding? (laughs) No
2: place. Tell me, Lois. You happy? Dan. Just be happy. That's all I ask. Just be happy.
4: I'm doing my best, Dan.
2: Is there any guy here you like? Anybody? Uh,
4: There's just one guy for me, Dan. He's not here.
2: But he is. He's back in town. He's at the Sphinx Hotel. Tim. Yeah. Lois, I think I'll drop over and see him now.
4: Dan, you're not going to do anything?
2: Don't worry, Lois. I'm going to fix everything. She had her job, her friends. Just one thing more. Just Tim Grady to make the picture complete. The Sphinx Hotel was over in 6th Avenue. I walked. I wanted time to cool off. I wanted to do things right. Yes? Mr. Grady's room? One
4: moment, please.
6: Yeah?
2: This is Dan Barrow. Uh,
6: Dan.
2: Yeah, remember?
6: That's three AM, Dan. I
2: won't take much of your time.
6: Won't tomorrow do?
2: I'm coming up now. Come in. I pushed open the door and I went in. He was standing by the bed. He was wearing a monogram black robe over some fleshy yellow pajamas. He glad handed me.
6: Come in, Dan. Come on in. Have a cigarette?
2: I took one, and I watched him going through hard times trying to light it for me. I let him sweat for a while, and then pulled out my lighter, lit my cigarette, and shoved the lighter under his face so I could light his. He couldn't stand still. He moved around the room like a... like a cat on hot coals. He was a big, good-looking Jack. Broad shoulders with all the trim, curly hair, dimple on his chin.
6: I just got back out on the coast. That's the place to be, Dan. You never saw anything like it. Boy, the things that go on in L.A.
2: <laughs> Someday... Light can... someplace.
6: And you say, Dan...
2: Lois is a great dame She sure
6: is, Dan She sure is Anybody says different She'd get slugged Yeah Listen, Dan There never was anything Between me and Lois Anybody says different a no good liar We were just good friends We hardly ever even were Relax up. Here, You and Lois are partners Yeah She must be pretty near The happiest girl in town Pretty near you know?
2: you know, when I first saw Lois A few months ago She was all set to kill us Oh, wait a minute, Dan I tell you Sit I just... down, Tim You make me nervous Nobody's blaming you for the way she felt. And Amara, Amara, I pull out of the partnership. And Lois will be alone again. I don't want her to be alone. It's not good for her.
6: Anything I can do, you know.
2: She's in love with you. I'd like to see her get married. A woman with, with $75,000 business, well, she needs someone to look after her interests. The mention of the seventy-five grand, his eyes lit up like Broadway after dark. Reading his mind was like looking through a dirty window into a filthy room. It hurt to think a foul ball like Tim Grady could make a girl do anything for him. Well, Dan... It's about time she got a proposal for marriage. Yeah. Why don't you call her up, Tim? Yeah. Good idea, Dan. I mean, right now. Stuyvesant, 1541. Now? Well, sure, sure, if you think...
6: (laughs) I won't know what to say.
2: It's been so long. Say you want to marry her.
6: Yeah. Yeah, sure.
2: Lois? Hello, baby.
6: Well, well see so you knew the old voice.
2: I closed the door. I didn't know if I'd be able to control myself, if I'd listen to any more. I got to the dress shop at 10 o'clock the next morning. Lois was floating around like a, like a waft of loveliness. She touched the inkstand on her desk, moved a chair, straightened a picture. Wasn't conscious of what she was doing. She talked fast and happy about things that didn't mean a thing. She flung open a window and hugged the inrush of air. She spoke with her back to me.
4: Oh, Dan, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Isn't life beautiful?
2: You're happy, huh, Lois?
4: Tim was waiting when I got here this morning. He proposed. He said you wanted it that way, too. I guess I'm the happiest woman in the world,
2: can I use your phone? Sure,
4: sure. Call Paris, Bombay, Shanghai. <laughs> Imagine it.
3: I'm assigned, Lieutenant Bush.
2: Dan Verrill talking. I'm at Lois's shop. Oh, if you get here in five minutes, it'll be about right.
4: Yes, Dan, I'm the happiest woman in the world, and I owe it all to you.
2: She turned from the window and saw the gun in my hand. <gasps> now you're worth killing!
1: Suspense, presented by Autolite. Tonight's
0: star, Burt Lancaster, with Betty Lou Gerson.
1: Oh, boy, am I happy. Thanks again, Harlow.
0: That's my car talking, folks.
1: I ran great today,
5: didn't I? With those new Autolite resistor spark plugs.
0: Like a charm. Friends, if you want your car to run better, switch to Wide Gap Autolite resistor spark plugs. The spark plugs that get you off to fast starts in cold temperatures. Made by Autolite, they're one of more than 400 products for cars, trucks, planes, and boats produced in 28 Autolite plants coast to coast. These include complete electrical systems used as original equipment on many makes of America's finest cars. Spark plugs, batteries, generators, coils, distributors, starting motors, bullseye, sealed beam, headlight units. All engineered to fit together perfectly, work together perfectly, because they're a perfect team. Don't accept electrical parts supposed to be as good? Ask for and get Autolite, original factory parts, at your neighborhood service station, car dealer, garage or repair shop. Remember, you're always right with Autolite. Next Thursday for Suspense, James Stewart will be our star. The play is called Mission Completed. And it is, as we say...
1: A tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense!
0: Tonight's suspense play was produced and edited by William Spear and directed by Norman MacDonald. Music for Suspense is composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The Long Wait is an original play by Fred Freiberger. Bert Lancaster is the star of The Hawk and the Arrow a Norma F.R. production soon to be released by Warner Brothers. In the coming weeks, you will hear such stars as Mickey Rooney, Lana Turner, and Eddie Cantor. Don't forget, next Thursday, same time, Auto Light will present Suspense, starring James Stewart. Meanwhile, see the very informative story about Suspense in the current issue of Quick Magazine.
4: Autolite stateful batteries, Autolite electrical parts at your neighborhood Autolite dealers. Switch to Autolite. Good night.
0: Freedom is everybody's job. Take an active part in national, state, and community affairs to protect your liberties. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.